1: Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, seventh, twenty twenty. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Addioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Fucking Gettys.
0: You kind of roboted it out there for a second, but did you say Tuesday? Monday, December seventh, twenty twenty. I'm one of your hosts,
1: Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma
0: Fucking Gettys. What Tim host? How you doing, Bless? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. We are just days away now from Cyberpunk 2077 being a reality. Reviews are out. You have beat the game. I am yes. so jealous of you. And I'm also very proud of you. You put in a lot of work last week to make sure oh, man. that that could get done. But yeah, but you did the damn thing. We're going to talk about all that later
1: we're of course going to talk about all, all about that that's why i said tuesday because it feels like a tuesday because i've been mm-hmm. working non-stop it does not feel like a money to me let me tell you uh but we're going to talk about that and so much more because today's stories include cyberpunk 2077 reviews dropping nintendo needing to be stopped and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you our cyberpunk 2077 review is live right now on youtube.com slash kind of and- on the Kind of Funny Gamescast podcast feed. That is me, Greg, and Tim sitting down to talk all about that good old Cyberpunk 2077. I'm the only one that's played it and beat it uh, mm-hmm. over here at Kind of Funny. And so it's my review. I believe next week we'll be doing uh, a, a more full review with way more perspectives
0: outside of just me. And so yeah. I thought it would be that. a full review. This was the full review. Next week's mm-hmm. going to be more like it, first impressions from everyone because you're the only one yeah, at Kind true. of Funny that's got to play this game at all. You had yeah. back with the preview and then playing the, the full game none of us have got our hands on it so yeah
1: and so i know a lot of you thinking like oh is this the reason blessing was hiding his trophies no because i was playing this game on pc <laughs> and so uh you get my full so pc was impression. everyone yeah so is everyone because those are the only codes that they gave out but we'll talk about that again later uh if you have any cyberpunk questions i'm uh or if you just want to like you know learn more about the game or whatever it may be you can write in PSW XOXO recording later today and the topic of the show for uh, this week's episode is going to be me answering your questions your cyberpunk 2077 questions answered and so do that Uh, me and Greg I think are recording even earlier today and so you might want to do that quicker than usual if you want to get your questions answered. Uh, Speaking of Cyberpunk, Andy is going to be streaming some Cyberpunk 2077, showing off ray tracing and all that goodness on his NVIDIA RTX 3080. That's happening first on Tuesday, December 10th from 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. And then again on Tuesday, December 15th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Quip, Trojan, and BetterHelp. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be we're open for it it's time for some news we have four stories
2: today uh baker's dozen
1: starting with our number one we got a cyberpunk 2077 review roundup that's right reviews are live right now on metacritic or at least when i checked on metacritic it's sitting at a 90 and i have uh quite a few excerpts from multiple different sources that i'm gonna read through here though at the top of the doc i see uh that uh uh, somebody inserted a very did. special review
0: just uh nico 514 the chat says cyberpunk is a snoozer confirmed and Damn. i just want to give a shout out to kevin Coello because i i keep giving him credit for this <laughs> but he call, he keeps referring randomly to things as like stinkers or snoozers and like i just think it just brings me such fucking joy even though it sounds like the that is a, a wrong assessment of the situation but <laughs>
1: That's good. That's great. Uh, I'm going to start off with Tom Marks at IGN, who gave Cyberpunk a 9 out of 10 and says this. Cyberpunk 2077 kicks you into its beautiful and dazzlingly dense cityscape with few restrictions. It offers a staggering amount of choice in how you build your character, approach quests, and confront enemies, and your decisions can have a tangible and natural feeling uh, impact on both the world around you and the stories of the people who inhabit it. Those stories can be emotional, funny, dark, exciting, and sometimes all those things at once. The main quest may be shorter than expected when taken on its own, and it's not always clear what you need to do to make meaningful changes to its finale, but the multitude of side quests available almost from the start can have a surprisingly powerful effect on the options you have when you get there. It's a shame that frustratingly frequent bugs can occasionally kill an otherwise well-set mood, but Cyberpunk 2077's impressively flexible design makes it a truly remarkable RPG. Carolyn Petit at Polygon uh, gave it an unscored review and says this, I can't deny that Night City wowed me with its scale, its verticality, and its sense of history. But I wish I could see people like me on its streets as something more than objects. I wish wish that the game's uh, politics were more radical. Yes, I know I shouldn't look to a colossal game that was itself produced under exploitative labor conditions to lead the charge of anti-capitalist liberation. But I wish the sparks of Johnny Silverhand's ideological rage got to burn brighter. That Cyberpunk 2077 felt more interested in envisioning new futures than in reminiscing over bygone glories. Neither its gameplay nor its narrative can imagine the bold possibilities that I find so central to the best of Cyberpunk. But what it does offer is visions of people trying to make do and get by in a world that's trying to eat them alive. And sometimes those people get by with a little help from their friends. It's not the revolution I hope for, but it's something. And then lastly, I have this excerpt from James Davenport at PC Gamer who gave it a 78 out of 100 and says this. Even if you can notice the IV into a life of crime and greed, the repercussions highlight what's possible in the relief of what you, what you reject in favor of power and money. Cyberpunk 2077 is a game about close relationships, or if you're role-playing a more cold-hearted type, seeing what life is like at the top without them. I found it moving and life-affirming in the final moments, even, even in the face of near-certain death and relentless onslaught. And a relentless onslaught of bugs. I suppose it's an appropriate thematic throughline, though. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is a game about V coming coming apart at the seams in a city, coming apart at the seams in a game, coming apart at the seams. Play it in a few months. <laughs> Which wow. wow, like that. I I, I like that write up. Like I I agree and disagree a, a little bit in certain parts, but I think they kind of they they they, it, they hit the nail on the head in terms of what Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is doing thematically. Uh, Tim. Mm-hmm. seeing these reviews are you surprised Do you have any thoughts
0: uh, look i i'm surprised no i do wish that it was getting tens across the board i wish it was deserving of tens across the board obviously mm-hmm. the way i meant to say that um this was kind of looked at as the chosen one right like this was building up this game has been talked about for a decade of hype and everything about it just oozes cool and it seems like that's something that I want to do even for people like me that don't traditionally like that type of game but after The Witcher 3 and how you know unanimously praised that game was especially for its you know quests and side quests and all and character and all of that like applying that to this cyberpunk world and everything that we've seen of this game up until the last year honestly was just kind of like wow this is perfect this is perfect yeah this is, like, perfect. this is the future and then this year like you know a little like when people started playing it and we started seeing a bit more and the night city wire stuff started happening and just like there was a lot i feel like we kind of got over marketed on the game a bit mm. uh that's when everything started to, to end the crunch talk and all that like that, it, things started sending it a bit more where i was like i don't think this is going to get tens and so these reviews at the end of the day do not surprise me i feel very happy that the worst about this game it seems like from reviews is the bugs because all of that stuff seems like things that can be fixed i mean you talk a lot about this it seems like the number one con through line between everyone's reviews is it's buggy as hell but mm. that's stuff that you can patch out i think that's the stuff
1: that is going to be consistent through so many people's playthroughs and we'll see what the day one patch how that stuff actually pans out to see if like how much of these bugs are actually fixed or mm-hmm. even when, when the game gets in people's hands, like if those things still persist, I imagine on the console versions, those things are probably going to still persist because now that reviews are out, right. And we can actually like talk about it. All the reviews, if you look are PC reviews because those are the only codes they were, they provided. And from what we've understand, uh, understood from reports and everything, it seems like the console versions the uh, of this game are the versions that they've been working on. That's what they've been delaying for and all this stuff. The PC version seems to be, presumably what i imagine the most stable version and if that's the case we'll see how these console versions pan out but when we talk about the the bugs and how yeah that's the through line between so many people's reviews i think that is the most consistent thing but it's been it's been interesting reading different reviews and seeing the way seeing the different things people pull from it uh carolyn's review review here right talking about uh seeing people uh uh like me treated as objects i think is a thing that i've seen I've seen so many people allude to in terms of the way that cyberpunk treats certain people groups or cyberpunk uh, uh, treats trans folks or certain races in terms of the depiction within different gangs and stuff. All that stuff I think is going to be stuff that is taken from different people in so many different ways. We're like in my playthrough of cyberpunk, I think the first thing I I noticed during the character character creation was the fact that uh, your character gender is tied to voice And it seemed like there wasn't really any non-binary option. And that's like a thing that I think for me is very visible as somebody who is not trans, right? I'm like a straight dude. Like that was the thing where I was like, huh, okay, that's weird. I don't necessarily love that decision. And then like I go in and I play the game. And I'm sure there is there are these other things that I probably could uh 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 pick apart or I could see as like, oh fuck, what are they doing here? But I don't necessarily have that lens, right? Like I'm playing, the, I'm playing the game as blessing, which means the things that I'm going to be taken away as far as critiques I have are things that are going to strike me personally. And like for me, outside of bugs, that was things like, wow, this game is trying really hard to be edgy at times. And at points it works because that kind of does feed into the thematic nature of cyberpunk. Like cyberpunk is this thing that is, you know, filled with adult themes, filled with sex, filled with violence, filled with fucking people getting limbs chopped off and all this stuff, right? But on the other hand, it's like, for me playing the game, you know, I, there, there were parts where I was like, all right, maybe we could tone this down a bit. Or, all right, maybe stay we can it, be a bless. little bit more subtle about this. You're things. holding
0: back right now, Say, All stay right, the, maybe there
1: doesn't need to be back. so many dildos in this game, all right? <laughs> there you go, I said it. Why is there dildos everywhere? Everywhere. Um, but for me, like, that's gonna be my experience, right? And it's, it's actually fun talking about this game as an RPG, which means so many people are gonna have so many different types of experiences not only just bringing in their own views and their own life experience, but also in terms of how they navigate that world and and what routes they go down and what missions they encounter and what characters they encounter and all all that stuff. And so like bugs are, are like the common thing between everybody's review, but I'm sure like reading the reviews that I read today, there are things that people are pointing out where I'm like, man, I wouldn't have thought about that that way, but that's a good point as far as this thing that I either missed or that I just wouldn't have that worldview. Right. And it's very fascinating to see. Um, but yeah, like, it's been, it's been fast. This is a fun game to talk about, finally, because now that reviews are out and it's not getting straight up 10s across the board and it is getting nines, it is getting, uh, I think Jeff over at Games Beat gave it a three out of five stars. Like, I find that conversation got a way-
0: seven be... over at GameSpot.
1: Really? Got a seven? Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. Uh, but I find that conversation interesting because I think that paints a broader depiction in terms of, what this deep complex complicated game is because that was my experience with this game my experience with this game was this game being fucking beautiful it being uh 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 you know deep in terms of mechanics but then also in terms of quests and writing and all this stuff but then it also being this tug of war between night city being this living breathing open world but then also like certain parts of the writing not necessarily landing with me from the broad like the I forget which one of these re- re- reviews pointed to like the the anti-capitalist stuff not feeling like it went all the way at certain times right and i i kind of felt that too in my in my gameplay but at the same time right there are those points where there are great character moments that in themselves shined even within that like it's it's, it's this it's this weird hodgepodge of a different of, of different things and it's going for so much and a lot of those things it doesn't live up to and some of those things it does and overall it's just fascinating to see for such a big anticipated game
0: yeah i mean i'm super excited for it and i feel like the there is a lot of interesting conversation happening right now and obviously so few people have even played the game so yeah. right now it's a lot of people's talking about opinions of opinions but you know there's we personally know at least a couple people that have now played this game and so hearing their views is is really interesting to me And I'm, I'm excited and a little trepidatious about Figuring out how this is going to play on consoles and how it's going to to play on different types of PC situations. Like, I know Mm -hmm. you just played it on a normal PC. Like, you didn't have the RTX stuff. You didn't have ray tracing. You didn't have. Yeah, I didn't have
1: the NVIDIA card required for uh, ray tracing, but I did have. I do have like a good PC graphics card. Like for context, right? I played everything on ultra settings, and so like it ran well for the PC I had, despite bugs. Right, like it it worked. Uh speaking of reviews though, I have this question from the nanobiologist who wrote into Patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can and says, Hey guys, the day has finally arrived. Cyberpunk reviews. But I want to ask a question about the other side of the industry and outlets. Based on yours and other major outlets reporting, y'all only got one code for PC. Consoles aren't available for testing four days before release. What the fuck? Is this a glorious shit show for everyone? Did the monkey paw lower a finger when everyone wanted Cyberpunk to come out this year? I got an email last week saying that US codes aren't available for distribution yet and won't be until this week. While code distributions aren't a uh, are a benefit and not a right. How is this fair for those who are smaller creators and those whose livelihoods rely on good guides for these big games? The PC was a buggy mess, so if the console versions aren't ready yet, how can we expect the launch for console version launch launch for the console version to run smoothly? Of course, I'm speaking from a place that is luck- lucky to even see this si- this side of the industry, but still, this seems like a horror show and sh- and shows the negative shows the negative sides of everything in the industry from those who want th- want to review the game to the guide writers. To even P- even the PR people who have who have to handle the backlash of industry people who can say nothing more than the codes are coming, thanks the nanobiologist. there's a lot in there. I don't Tim, I don't know if you have anything to say as far as like the review I, situation
0: of the game. I have so much to say about this man like this is mm-hmm. th- the thing is, and I think this is going to be a common statement that I make throughout this episode of the show if some new stories are coming later involving Nintendo, I expect uh, mm-hmm. the thing is there's always going to be a difference between how things should be how things are and what what is right and all of those can be happening at the same time but all be different and like that could create some weird scary situations and upsetting situations more often than not and i think when it comes to this look we've seen so many different uh groups come out and just be like we're not even going to put reviews out for games period the game comes out the day it comes out and people can play when they get it and that's it, right? Bethesda has done that, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they tried that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that has its own set of backlash, right? There's no standard when it comes to how game codes are going to be uh, released and whatever. And it was definitely surprising to us as kind of funny as people that have been doing this for a long time that we only got one code uh, for the whole entire team. I expected this game. Like if you were to were to have asked me four months ago what the process for cyberpunk was going to be for reviews i would have thought that they would have been like who wants a code everyone on the team gets one if they want Mm. uh which is very anti-nintendo which is you get one code yeah (laughs) just one code um so when we only got one code from cd project red that did feel bizarre however I think it's clear right now of why they're trying to do that i think that the only having a pc version and not console versions isn't as ridiculous as it sounds they're trying to push the pc version it is the one that that, that, that has all the next gen features and stuff right now so i understand that that is them trying to put that out there of course we all want to know the experience that that a lot maybe even potentially the majority of people are going to get which is on consoles uh, but all the reviewers are making it clear that this is the pc version and that the version that they're reviewing here is the pc version of this game right yeah so it's like it's this weird tug of war between what the cd project red wants and what reviewers want and then what consumers want and i think it's impossible to make all three of those people happy because they all have such radically different desires and needs that don't fit with each other so I don't know. I've, I'm also seeing a lot of discourse about the CD Project Reds not allowing people to use their um their own captured footage for their video reviews. That happens a lot for mm. games. I think that it's it's very easy to look at what CD Project Red has done with Cyberpunk and pick it apart. Because guess what? There's a lot to pick apart. There's a lot of shit here that's like, Ooh, "This should have been a lot better." Like this this rollout yeah. plan. If this game was a 10 and if this game was finished honestly guess what all of kind of funny would have had it by by now because that's just how this usually works in the industry when games are that way yeah you know
1: i mean frankly like i think the review situation the review rollout for this game has been bad like f- to put people in my in my shoes right like we got the review code for this game uh what's today monday less than a week ago right like we got it like i on, on tuesday and Right before that, I believe were the reports of uh, one of the devs saying, I am 175 hours into this playthrough and I haven't even beaten the game yet. And so for me, getting the code on Tuesday and then seeing that the embargo lifts on Monday, like, doing the math, I was like, I don't even think there's 175 hours between now and the embargo. Like, how am I supposed to get through this game that I don't know how long it is? Thankfully, the game ended up being, uh, uh, it ended up taking me 28 hours. But even still, for a game that is so long, for for a game that has so much in it, that's even rolling the credits for this game doesn't feel like enough to give my final stamp on this game. I can give my final stamp for where I'm at right now and having done the main main story and having had my experience for my first playthrough of this game. But even then, it doesn't feel like enough time to review Cyberpunk 2077. That all like that that said, bringing in the lack of console reviews, right, and the fact that it seems like people still don't have console codes yet. I think that just speaks badly about the console version of this game. Like that makes me think the console version of this game is probably going to be broken in a lot of ways, and people should probably wait for it, wait for reviews, like wait for actual launch day to come through and see what people are saying about it before you actually pick it up. If you want to be safe about it, if you want to take the risk, take the risk. I'm not going to stop you. And I and I get like feel, feeling hungry for a game, hungry enough that you're willing to take that risk. Go for it. But if I was in if I was in the shoes of people waiting for the console version of this game, I would wait a day, I would wait yeah. a week maybe, and be like, I'm gonna, you know, see what people have to say uh because again this is an ideal i think this speaks to the fact that the console version is coming in hot and we'll see how we'll see how that thing lands
0: i mean but dude like again you have to look at just the reality of the situation of what everyone's trying to get out of this because the console version might be coming in hot it sounds like the pc version did too with how buggy it is right with the why would they be getting this in even anyone's hands to put a numbered score on when it's in the state that it is if they could choose not to do that because guess what? They could choose not to do that. They could have just not put reviews out. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, they could have just come to the tent and let everyone have their experience, and it is what it is. They made the choice to do this, and it worked for them. The Metacritic score currently right now stands at a 91 as of right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it, at the end of the day, game developers aren't looking at review scores for, like, the kindness of their heart. <laughs> it's marketing. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean,
1: one, 100% but i think this kind of all this all kind of also comes back to the fact that i think in a perfect world this game would have been delayed again like this game i don't think this game should have, should have came out in this state mm-hmm. with what i perceive the console version is being like still still in development right still coming in hot right like i think obviously this comes down to business and this comes down to them already having delayed this game like multiple times and them being like, we have to get this thing out probably about holiday for whatever the, the investor shit is. Uh, And I think that all, that speaks to an unfortunate situation on all sides. Granted, I think you're correct. Like the worst that they're getting out of this uh, city project red is getting out of this is talk of bugs and talk of like, you know, mixed, not even mixed reviews because we're sitting on a 91, but like, not tens across the board which i don't think they necessarily need like i don't think they i don't think they're even looking for that like i don't know if witcher 3 even got tens across the board i think that probably had like somewhat of a similar landing as far as being in a 91 93 in that realm um but again like i don't think it's the i just don't think it's the best look as far as what's good for the audience and what's good for press Mm -hmm. to do it this way yeah
0: no i mean it's definitely it's it's interesting and i think that every time a major game has this type of scrutiny when it comes to uh embargoes and just game codes and stuff it's going to change the process for the future that's just how this always works and people are like nanobiologist was writing and talking about being on the other side there are more people on the other side than ever right now because of where we're at with the internet and things where the the difference between being an influencer being games media being whatever it's like so much shit is blurred and at the end of the day the the again it goes back to what i was saying where it's just like there are so many different it's the tug of war of needs and yeah. it's never going to be what everyone wants because that doesn't exist it actually works against they're working against each other in a very charmander squirtle bulbasaur type situation
1: Tim, you mentioned earlier uh, Nintendo and like how they, they kind of factor into the whole what to expect from companies thing. Let's get into it. Story number two, Nintendo must be stopped. That's what I, what I titled this story, but I'm pulling from a, a new story from Andy Robinson at, at um, Video Gamers Chronicle, who writes about how Nintendo has been sending out a limitless amount of cease and desists. Nintendo has attracted criticism for targeting a fan who raised $10,000 for charity by selling custom Joy-Con shells. Content creator Captain Alex had created the Eticon controller shells in August 2019 in honor of popular Ni- Nintendo community figure Desmond Etika Amofa, who tragically took his own life earlier that year. All proceeds from the controller shells were reportedly donated to the JED Foundation, a mental health and suicide pre- prevention charity. According to Alex, Eticon's Eticons had generated over $10,000 for charity by the end of 2019. However, on Sunday, Alex confirmed to Joy-Con Boys, a YouTube channel created in memory of Etika, that Nintendo had sent him a cease and desist letter at the end of September, demanding that he stop selling the Etikons. Shortly after, Joy-Con Boys posted a video on the topic titled, Nintendo hates us. N- Nintendo even reportedly ordered a copyright strike against the channel the news attracted a significant amount of criticism on twitter where both nintendo and etica were the top trending topics on monday with over 150,000 tweets uh, and i no- i noticed this last night as i was just scrolling through twitter and i saw nintendo trending and i was like oh nintendo's trending must be a new direct and i clicked it and i was like oh fuck no they are doing some shit over there uh, tim have you have you kept up with this at all do you know what's going on
0: mm-hmm. well and you how know how do you feel about it as always nintendo go nintendo and this again like i said earlier this entire episode is a tale of what's right, what's being done, and what should be done, all of that different things. Like, Nintendo obviously has the right to do this. On top of that, the uh, dude that did this, Captain Alex, did not have the right to make these things. And whether it's for charity or no charity, whatever, it's like, you can't do that. Nintendo owns these copyrights. You can't do this. You can't sell that stuff. You can't, no matter what the cause, you just can't do it. But should you be able to? And yeah. should Nintendo look the other way on this one? Mm. Like, th- those are very different statements. And, like, that's where this gets really kind of messy. And it's like, especially when you're talking about situations that are, when you're attaching people like Attica with the situation that happened with him, somebody that is so intrinsically tied to Nintendo, and honestly, to the positivity of the the, the image of Nintendo over the last decade, you know, for it to end as tragically as it did. and for all of this being on paper simply a good thing that's for a good cause that is in uh you know respect and trying to better the situation like to, to have a better tomorrow from what happened with etica like nintendo should work with them to make this happen right instead of working against them
1: yes yes
0: but when you're nintendo you own the shit And so, why is this okay, but other things aren't okay? And if your answer is, "Oh, well, it's for a good cause," it's like, okay, but Nintendo should be the ones deciding that because they own that shit, and like that's the business side of it, and that's shitty. But why could they do that, and so other people can't do stuff? It's like, oh, it's for free. We're not actually profiting off of it. It's like, well, you don't own the shit, so it's complicated, man. It's
1: complicated, but I feel like there is a right answer and I and I think Nintendo's the ones who are in the wrong. Like I I I get the idea of being a business and wanting to protect your property and wanting to pr- protect your IP, but like the we like people people do this type of thing, right? Like for for other companies, right? Like people make their own custom stuff. People uh sell custom creations for charity or for profit, or whatever it may be, right? And I I I understand in certain situations being like hey we don't we don't want you to profit off of a thing that is ours and so we are gonna we're gonna put a stop to that and like in some situations where you know people are another metroid 2 remake for example i kind of get that okay you guys are working on uh Samus returns i get how that's a conflict uh but even then it's like how much harm is that doing um and for this specific in particular for th- for this situation in particular right like for something that is purely for charity and for some something for somebody who was tied uh to your company like in a i i guess in a cultural standpoint right like if for somebody who was a youtuber that was making content by your company and like uh for the situation around that i feel like sending a cease and desist for something that made ten thousand dollars for charity is just like it's it's in bad taste and like again, I get how, bad I get it's complicated for Nintendo, but overall I feel like this is just a bad taste decision. Like it's just let co-
0: it I just want to be clear, it's only complicated because it goes back to what I'm saying about two things can be right at once, because mm-hmm. right doesn't always mean the same thing. It is right that Nintendo owns the rights to the stuff and other people cannot make things about it. That is right, mm-hmm. that is a fact. There's no ways around that. It is also the right thing to let this happen because it is for a good cause that is not negatively affecting Nintendo at all. Both of those things are right, and they are contradicting,
1: yeah, unfortunate and I hope to see one day see Nintendo get better about this stuff. We'll see if that ever happens nintendo is has been a stubborn company for a while when it comes to this type of thing, and again, I hope they I hope they have like a change of heart when it comes down to this because it's unfortunate like it's very it's very it's very it's very um uh i guess unfortunate for a company that does so much good work, you know like have put they put out games that have such strong connection with people like i talk i talk a lot about how blown away i am whenever i see the sales numbers for uh the top selling switch games right when you look at mario kart and you look at animal crossing and seeing the attachment rate for those games and that very much speaks to how passionate people are for nintendo and how how much their fan base cares for those games and uh how much those games mean to them and like for Mm -hmm. nintendo as a company to be like cool fuck y'all like like i don't know that 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 just rubs me very much the wrong way um but again you're right in terms of it being two like two two things that are right colliding with each other and one of those being the more powerful entity winning
0: every single time well one of them being legal and one of them being a feeling and you know a moral thing and it's like that gets extremely messy extremely fast you know and again, mm. it's like what would I do is a very different question than what Nintendo would l- do. What Nintendo would do or should do. And again, I think Nintendo should let them do this, you know. Mm. But uh, it's Nintendo just Nintendo go Nintendo. Yeah, and it's not even just Nintendo go Nintendo. I like I don't want to just boil it down just to that. It's like it's businesses are going to business. You know, and mm. like at some but point Nintendo like, does this
1: more I, more than the than the average business, I feel like at least the average business in this industry.
0: That's true, but that's also because more people are ripping off Nintendo's IPs than they are other IPs. Like that like that's just mm. the thing. It's like we see Nintendo taking shit down because more people are ripping off Nintendo's shit. That's fair. I can see that. But yeah, it's like there we we just need to there needs to be some type of situation where this is figured out where Nintendo is having an open dialogue with these guys. And talking mm. to them and being like, "Hey, okay, how do we make this a more official thing? Like, let's let's do that, you know?" Because that's yeah. best case scenario from all of this.
1: oh Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm 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 sad that wasn't the route taken of like them hitting them up and being like, "Okay, how do we solve these? How, how do we partner with you guys to make this thing work?" But again, maybe in the future we see things like that. Though for the present, we have story number three. Neil Druckmann has a new title. Uh, this is Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. Neil Druckmann is now co-president of Naughty Dog, the studio has announced. Druckmann joins Evan Wells at the top of the Sony-owned sony developer, which is famous for the Uncharted and The Last of Us series. Druckmann, who joined Naughty Dog in 2004, was the creative director and writer of 2013's The Last of Us, creative director and lead co-writer of 2016's Uncharted 4, and creative director and lead co-writer of 2020's The Last of Us Part 2. He served as vice president of Naughty Dog for almost three years. Uh, Allison Mori and Christian Geerling are the new vice presidents of Naughty Dog. Mori was the director of operations, and Geerling was the co-director of programming. Congratulations, Neil Druckmann.
0: Congrats all around to all these people. That's that's fantastic news, man.
1: Yeah. That's super awesome. What do you what What do you want next from Naughty Dog? I know Dude, we've talked, we've had these conversations before. Anything,
0: honestly. I trust them. It's like I, the thing that I want least is the thing that we're probably getting, which is factions from Last of Us. Like I'm not interested in uh, a multiplayer game from uh, Naughty Dog. I know How people dare you? very much are, Sancho West and you, uh, but I any single player thing you can give me from un, uh, from not Uncharted from Trin- Naughty no. Dog, I'm in. Whether it's Uncharted, Last of Us, new IP, hopefully new IP.
1: Yeah. They got to be working on UIP IP now, right? That's got to be the next thing. Yeah, you imagine a
0: five so. game from the ground up, man.
1: Damn, Woo! that is actually very exciting. Do you have yeah. any, Do you have any thoughts on what that might be? I know I've given I've given my Mission Impossible pitch which for like a awesome. Mission Impossible esque game from Naughty Dog. I love that, which I, I saw my
0: fingers crossed for. Yeah, that would be super rad. I don't know, man. Like, I I think that Naughty Dog very much has a gameplay loop set that it is so heavily focused on. Shooting that what I'm about to say doesn't really make sense. But I think that they really pride themselves on the direction they took with Last of Us of kind of being a little bit more serious and having a story that 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 matters more than the fast and furiousness of Uncharted. You know? Mm-hmm. And I can see them trying to like do something deep, do something that's like a bit more like telling a, a real a real meaningful story that's character-based and like, but that the, having to tie that to guns and shooting in a fun way is what like throws me off. And it's like, okay, maybe you're right, bless. Maybe it is like a type a Mission Impossible type thing because that would be really cool, and that could also have a cool deep story. But of course, I think yeah, it, like I think Four had a
1: fun, fun yeah, yeah totally story.
0: Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm excited. I, yeah. I think it's gonna be a while till we hear anything, but i'm excited
1: i i feel like you have to have something to balance out the seriousness of the last of us which is why that last of us uncharted back and forth i think works so well which is why i lean more toward a mission possible thing but like i think it'd be fun to have to for for them to experiment with their game design because i think since uncharted 1 there's been this through line of hey we know what a naughty dog game is it Mm is you're Going through the these shooting corridors and then you are going through these story segments and then back into these shooting uh corridors and then back and forth and then also you're gonna be doing these puzzles in between where you are moving a thing so that you and your companion can like hop off hop up to the ledge or your companion is like boosting you up mm-hmm. like they they have a set formula that I want to see them break because I think i don't Really, I think Naughty Dog is so good at game I, design. I want I want them to do something new because I, I want them we've
0: to had just that. keep evolving. We have had that, but I feel like even just playing Last of Us Two, you can and when you play Last of Us Two and go back to Uncharted, you see how far that it's come, and no one else has nailed that type of design. So it's like, I want to see more of that design. We don't have enough of it in games. So I don't, I don't know. necessarily I, need them to like reinvent the wheel. It's like mm-hmm. I, I I would rather than like keep iterating and like make something freaking dope. I'm not asking for the same thing. I'm asking for a if we keep getting things that are as big of a enhancement in leap as they have proven to do over the last six iterations of their games, like, I want more of this, man.
1: Mm-hmm. i I mean, I don't disagree entirely, but I think for me for lastus part two, one of my one of my small complaints with that game was the fact that by the time I got halfway through, it had felt like I'd played that game before. Like it, Last Us Part 2 did certain things that I think up the ante in terms of what you expect from a naughty dog game. But all in all, like when when I made my way to to an objective, right? Like I get to the location and I'm like, you know what, man? I bet when I get here, the front door is gonna be blocked off. And sure enough, I get there, front door is blocked off. I have to like climb into a window that's on the roof in order to get to where I'm going. And then something else is gonna derail me. Cool. Once I get past this thing, I'm sure there's gonna be some landmark in the distance that my campaign is gonna point to and be like, oh, there's the thing we need to get to and that ends up happening and like to a certain extent the naughty dog games i think become predictable because their their structure is so refined and has been uh the same throughout i mean since uncharted uncharted one right and like they've made those small improvements that have been upping up in the ante but i want i want to see them at least try to do something that is dynamically different in a way that shakes things up but also like you know, I also want, like, a Last of 3, possibly, or, like, in a new Uncharted one day, right? Like, I want them to come back to the formula, but for whatever the secondary game is, right, or the third series they're working on is, right, I want I want that to be a, all right, we're going to make this back and forth a little bit more different and dynamic than what we've had with Uncharted and Last of Us.
0: Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I I come from the perspective that as long as they're adequately rewarding you for that predictability that's when it really matters where it's just mm-hmm. like that predictability is just to get you from point a to point b but when point b is exciting and you want to know what point c is immediately like that's what it's like all right this is good game design you did it you got me you got me hooked and mm. last of us 2 to me is a perfect example of them like i don't know how they could do better at that like it really got me where i would i needed like oh man the front door is blocked off but i need to get to that goddamn building so i'm doing this like that's enticing mm. but we shall see. I'm excited for whatever Naughty Dog's next game
1: is. Yeah. Story number four, uh, Epic won't hold in-person Fortnite events in 2021. This is Marie de Alessandri at GamesIndustry.biz. Epic Games announced it won't organize any in-person Fortnite events in 2021 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Epic said its priority is the health and safety of both its staff and Fortnite players and that there is too much uncertainty about the situation to guarantee either for the foreseeable future. Quote, With so much still unknown about what is practical and safe, we do not plan to hold in-person events in 2021, including a Fortnite World Cup, uh, the announcement read. It it continues, we'll continue to provide online competitions throughout 2021 with the hopes that physical events in some form can return at some point in the future, end quote. So where PAX says they'll possibly be coming back in 2021, Epic decides no uh, for their Fortnite events. Tim, what do you think events will look like in 2021 uh and also like does this surprise you how do you how do you react to this Fortnite thing
0: Uh, i think Fortnite's making the right move epic's making the right move here it's like Mm -hmm. we can't be planning live events right now it's silly it's stupid it's irresponsible and i think that all of that can change within a moment's notice that moment hasn't come yet and that moment doesn't seem like it's coming anytime soon all the talk of vaccine all the talk of you know distributing it all of that That all needs to happen before we're talking about doing major events, like period. PAX is insane for announcing dates. I think I understand that they did it with a lot of asterisks and a lot of like, yeah, A a lot of wishful thinking. That's not what we need right now. It's like, that is so business minded where again, this goes about the same shit. They can do it. They're in their right to do it, but like, it's a bad look and they shouldn't be doing it. And the moral side of it is they shouldn't be doing this.
1: Do you think we're going to start to get, I know, like, this is me asking questions that we do not have the answers for, but do you think there's some form of video game events making a return in 2021?
0: I do think so. I, if I had to guess, and at this point, who the fuck am I? But, (laughs) like, I would have never thought we'd be where we're at now. (laughs) Like, this far into it, like, this happened in March, and it is now December, and we're we're still at home. I think we're going to be at home for a long time to come. Uh, but i I imagine that I wouldn't be surprised if Pax West happens,
1: and that would be in like se- in September September,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't. yeah, like I, I think that, that that would be the earliest thing that we we actually get,
1: yeah. I somewhat agree. I would be surprised I'd be surprised for Pax for as big of an event that that is. I'd be a bit surprised if we, get, if we get there, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are similar events, but of a way smaller scale that, that happen, uh later on next year where it is, if like, if you know, there's a vaccine and all this stuff, right? Like I, I think more, con- more contained stuff might start to make a comeback, but even like outside of that, right? Like I think now that we've been here for 75% of the year, I think, companies have had enough time to like figure out what that stuff looks like for them and what even online events look like for them. And so like for whatever Evo might be next year, I don't even know if Evo, where Evo stands or if that's made a comeback because I know they had some uh, stuff go down in July, but like whatever events like that, right. Look like fighting game events, uh, esports tournaments, what that stuff looks like in 2021. I imagine at least at the very least that stuff will feel more refined and thought through more than this year. Right. Because uh, a lot of this stuff kind of blindsided us
0: yeah absolutely man
1: we shall see tim of yes. course this is where i'd give a segue talk about something that's in the flung future right and then be like oh yeah but this is this is what i want to know what's out today and i would give you the thing to read but before we get there i want to tell you about our sponsor of course you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by quip There are only two types of people in the world, those of us who brush and floss every day and those who might just start, thanks to Quip's new refillable floss pick. You know Quip, the electric toothbrush you hear about all the time, but it's their sleek, reusable floss pick you'll want to use next. The durable handle is easy to guide, restrings with a click, and comes with a compact mirrored dispensing case for on-the-go. Pair your floss with the perfect electric toothbrush for adults and kids, Quip has the simple guiding features you need, like timed sonic vibrations with guided pulses to help you brush better. You can personalize your routine with over nine premium brush colors, plus anti-cavity toothpaste for every taste in mint and watermelon. And now you can get amazing rewards for just brushing your teeth better every day. Quip smart electric toothbrushes connect to the free Quip app so you can earn rewards like free products and discounts quip also delivers brush heads floss and toothpaste refills every three months from five dollars shipping is free so you can save money and skip the store bring delight to your everyday brushing and join over five million mouths brushing with quip starting at 25 dollars. and if you go to getquip.com slash games right now you'll get your first refill free that's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games spelled g-e-t-q-u-i-p dot com slash games quip for better oral health made simple getquip.com slash games we're also brought to you by trojan tantrix pleasure sleeve while Mm -hmm. your hands get it done and frankly it's always going to be there there's a new and dare we say more exciting way to masturbate introducing trojan tantrix the new sex toy for the boys introducing the new trojan tantrix pleasure sleeve a handheld soft textured uh sheet Like, really, really soft. Tantrix is designed to enhance the sensation of each stroke with textured ridges for max pleasure. Since it fits in your hand, you already know how to use it. You just do what you normally do. You have a full range of motion so you can adjust your grip and pressure to stimulate where you want. Use with a water-based lube. Use Tantrix for solo pleasure to take pleasure into your own hands. Or... Spice up the elusive hand job and use it with your partner. With Trojan- I have done both of
0: these things. I just want to let you oh, know. Tim, I tell have me done about both it. Both of these things with this Trojan Tantrix uh pleasure sleeve. And I could not recommend it higher. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that all you boys out there, all you men out there, you gotta at least give it a try. Give it a shot. You don't know what you're missing, man.
1: Tim, I know every now and then uh, sponsors Mm -hmm. will send us products to test out so we can talk about them on the show. I'm going to need a uh, shipment of Trojan Tantrix Pleasure Sleeve. Please and thank
0: you. I'll get right on it. Mm
1: -hmm. I appreciate it. With with Trojan Tantrix, there's a better way to do it. So head to Amazon, Walmart, or Walmart.com and make masturbation so much more. Mm -hmm. I've never loved an ad so much. Uh, We're also brought to you by BetterHelp. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly videos or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit uncomfortable in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional online or traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit the website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com/games that's better h-e-l-p and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional special offer for kind of funny games daily listeners get 10% off uh, get 10% off your first order uh or your first month at betterhelp.com slash games that is 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash games what a transition between that. you know what I mean? <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it. I so almost fun. didn't
1: keep it together from the tan, the the Trojan uh Tantrax to uh Or Tantrix to Better Help. That was a tough what? one, but we made Ward, it.
0: <laughs> warthog 155 in the chat says that shit caught me off guard. I got tears from laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, almost, man, yo, almost lost honestly, it. We've done it, man. Kind of funny. We fucking made it, man. Me and Nick had to put in so much work in the early years of Kind of Funny to get this. We finally made it. We made it all the way here. Get that That wasn't was a
1: joke, hand. by the way. I do want a delivery oh, of Of course you tantrics, do. Why wouldn't please. you? Please. I just need to know. Uh, Tim, very mm-hmm. excited for that delivery, but I'm sure it's going to take uh, a little bit of time for it to get here. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today,
0: where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. real quick <laughs> uh, real quick what's up uh i saw jeff grubb was in the chat earlier i don't know if he still is but if he is i still don't know if cyberpunk 2077 is playable in 5120 by 1440 p and i need to know
1: Damn, you're trying to live in that world
0: <laughs> i'm trying, awesome. to fucking live. <laughs> you're so,
1: trying to live
0: <laughs> Jeff Grubb, if you're in the chat, if you can look that up, because I know you have a Super Ultra Wide monitor. You're going to have I'd like really, a 360 would view. Really That's going to be awesome. Oh, let's go, baby.
1: Let's go. Out today, we got Drawn to Life, Two Realms for Switch and PC, Slapshot Rebound for PC, Monster Sanctuary for PC, Switch, Xbox One, and PS4, Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures for PC on Steam, GOG.com, Robot Cash, and Green Man Gaming. And then Labyrinth of Legendary Loot is available on itch.io. New dates for you. The first round of community-created gear will be coming to Skater XL on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on December 16th. Rust Console Edition has been delayed to 2021. And then Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the Game Complete Edition releases January 14th. Deal of the day for you. Killer Queen Black joins Xbox Game Pass on January 5th.
0: Yo, that game needs that. That's awesome yeah. because when I was playing on the, the Switch, there just wasn't enough people playing it coming to Game Pass. That could be a game changer for it, man. What a fantastic I'll, video game.
1: I was about to ask, like, oh, do you still go to Arcade and Bars and play that game? But then I realized that, like, that's probably not an, not an option. Um, <laughs> but that's actually they, that's actually great that it's on. I know it's been on consoles for a couple years now, but for it to come to get Xbox Game Pass is going to be the boost that that game, I'm sure, needs uh, during mm-hmm. these trying times. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to get your questions read on the show, just like Benjamin Barry did. Benjamin Barry writes in and says, hey, Blessing and Tim, on this week of the Game Awards, what version do you consider when judging? This question comes from a comment that Tim made a few weeks ago about Ori and how how his review would have been higher if the performance improvements we see on the Xbox Series series versions were in the game when he originally played it. Map coming up instantly, no hiccups during gameplay, etc., We can use Ori as an example, but the question is more of a general one. When the issues of a game has are fixed, when when the issues a game has are fixed at a later date, but within the same year it released, should the best version of a game be considered when award seasons come around?
0: That's an excellent question, and I think that it it varies person to person, outlet to outlet, and I think that every outlet kind of has their own kind of. scale that they they come up with and like there's rules that they follow in terms of like how their game of the year and how the awards and all that stuff works when it comes to kind of funny when it comes to to me personally i look at this as the game awards and talking about game of the year specifically like that award it's not it's a mix of both it's kind of like where the game is because i can like easily look back and understand where he is now and it's solving the problems that i had but it still had the problems when i played it and so when we're talking about the 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 game in the year that's when I experienced the game in that year. so it's kind of a mix of the entire experience of what that game means. It's not just the quality of the game it's your experience with the game. so I think that uh when we're doing a lot of these voting things, game of the year doesn't just mean the best game of the year it is game of the year involves conversation it involves like the the you know kind of understanding about the game and the general consensus and all this stuff like it's a different question that what is the best video game
1: yeah no and for sure i think it, it is about what the story of that game is not like the literal like narrative mm-hmm. in the game but the story of what that game's kind of gone through over the course of the year right it's like for me it's hard for me to judge ori in terms of like an objective like how how good is this game in december 2020 since because i played that game and finished that game and haven't touched that game since like march uh when it came out or april i forget which uh or no, it would have been like
0: was it February? It was Where early were... March. It was supposed to be February, but it got pushed okay. to early March.
1: Because I remember reviewing that game in the studio. And so no. I guess, yeah, that would have been early that's... March. Yeah. Wow. I think I think we reviewed that in the studio. Yeah. Like Damn. that's wild. Uh that it was that long ago that like, that game came out. But Ori Ori in particular, I think, is an interesting one because games. Again, and this kind of comes back to the to the cyberpunk conversation. Games are such complicated things, right? To where for Ori, like my my critiques of it were, yeah, like the game perform the game's performance wasn't, I think, where it needed to be at launch. But then also, like there are these small, uh, um, uh, these small things that like Metroidvanias I think could improve on that I think Ori in the Blind or Ori in the Will of wisp didn't necessarily do uh, in terms of hey let me like write on my map so i know that i'm not going to the same dead mm-hmm. end a billion times in a row right like let me mark things on the map let me let me uh uh or how do we how can we change the metroidvania formula up a little bit so that this game doesn't feel like uh uh previous games of its same genre granted mm-hmm. like Ori and the blind Ori in the will of the wisps still like a fantastic game still incredible the art is still wonderful the story is still touching all this stuff um But when we talk about when we talk about how complicated and complex games are as a thing, you know, there's so many things that go into it along with performance that turns that into a broader conversation in terms of, hey, this is now they fixed the bugs. And so now this game is perfect. Right. Like that does that does that's not necessarily the case in every uh, in every game. Cyberpunk Mm -hmm. is one that I'm curious to see, because I think for for how prevalent the, the discussion is around bugs in cyberpunk. I imagine by this time next year, a lot of that stuff is going to be dealt with and hopefully hopefully fixed. And what does that do in terms of the 2021 Game of the Year discussion? Right. When it comes mm. to the Game Awards, that's what I'm curious to see.
0: Oh, that is very interesting.
1: Yeah, that's so far away, though.
0: It is. You know, I wanted to know what was coming. About.
1: <laughs> we shall see. Uh, I got another question here from Mango Jr, who writes in and says, Good morning, friends. Nicholas Duset from Japan,
0: Kev, can you bring up the Mango. video as well as assets?
1: Nicholas sure. Duset from Japan Studios noted the success they've noticed of Astro's Playroom. Or do we have like breaking news or something? What's going on?
0: No, no, no. I just I wanted to show that yes, our oh, gotcha. review was in fact in the studio, and I just brought oh, it up for man. a second, and it was bizarre to look at. It's just such <laughs> a weird, weird thing that we used to do. <laughs>
1: That Kevin has it on screen, screen now. God, it yeah. feels so weird Yeah, looking at us sitting in a studio. <laughs> That's
0: hilarious.
1: Yeah.
0: How times the have video changed. wall is so cool.
1: Man, I can't wait to be sitting in front of a video wall again.
0: Remember when uh, Enron
2: would walk in and I'd be painted as the Martian Manhunter? And he'd look at us and be like, shake his head, just kind of walk away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll love to see it.
1: Uh, Mongo writes in and says, Morning friends, Nicholas Doucette from Japan Studios noted the success they've noticed of Astro's Playroom, both with fans and critics. Though he said they have no plans for a sequel, he made it seem like it could happen if fans wanted, wanted enough. I'm curious if you guys would like to see a sequel or some sort of DLC. If so, what do you think it would take to get us that sequel? And what would you like to see in it? I know Bless mentioned at one point an AstroBot 2 without VR would be ideal. I wonder what else can make that game even better. Keep killing it, Mango Jr. I remember there was a PlayStation blog uh, a few weeks ago where they were talking about the launch of Astro's Playroom, and towards the end of it, they mentioned that Astro will be will be back with news soon. And so Nicholas's quote here, I think, is kind of contradictory to that. And so I wonder what that's about. Um, but to the general question of what do we want to see from an astro sequel tim i know you liked astro's playroom what do you want to see
0: i loved astro's playroom and this is a tough one because i don't know that a sequel can live up to what i'd expect from it like the playstation nostalgia that they added into it was such a a big part in my overall enjoyment of the game uh i think that what i'd love to see is a doubling down and making a full game out of the use of the dual sense like focus on the gimmicks go extra hard onto it because they did a good job in in astro's playroom uh but do that in in a way that adds a bit more to the actual platforming of it like i think the platforming was was fairly simple there wasn't really much of a challenge in astro's playroom which is totally fine but i would like to see them kind of from everything i've heard about astro uh bot with vr take the vr side out of it and add in intense dual sense integrations
1: hmm i am i'm kind of split with where i want astro to go at this point because for since astrobot rescue mission i've wanted a full sequel to that game and i've wanted something that that feels uh uh standalone separate from what astro's playroom is which is very tech demoish in terms of what it actually is but still feels full and vibrant and lovable and all this stuff i coming out of astro's playroom immediately i was like oh man i want a full astro game now um, I want something that doesn't even have to like deal with the PlayStation nostalgia I want something that lets Astro stand alone as its own platformer platforming entity the more I've had to steal on it and the more I've had to think about it I wonder if it's worth letting Astro live as this thing to embody what PlayStation is as a brand and to, like to carry that flag of okay yeah we're this is going to be very tech demo-ish in terms of of uh displaying the technology like i'm sure when ps5 pro comes out like we're gonna put an astrobot alongside that to display the benefits of ps5 pro like i could see a legitimate avenue for astrobot being that and it still being this lovable thing that we all like and that brings life and personality to the playstation brand on the other hand i also would like astrobot to be this crash bandicoot or this Spyro the dragon or this uh and clank where it is all right make their own games you know like like let them live as their own platformers and make them these 10 hour experiences we are where you're making your way through these different levels and because they're on console as opposed to like vr they are more open and they are more explorable and all this stuff i think either avenue for that could work or maybe a mixture of the two who knows yeah. um but I mean, all I know about Astro at this point is that I don't think Astro is going anywhere. We're going to get more Astro. Like that is yeah. Astro is is a thing that I think everybody objectively is like, no, this is awesome. We want more of this. Yeah. And I don't think PlayStation. I think PlayStation understands that it is a that is a quality product. That is a quality studio I'm doing quality work. And they should not let that go.
0: I'm going to say something that uh, is probably unpopular. I haven't seen anyone say this. I think that the aesthetic of Astro is fantastic. The music is so killer and really, yeah. really adds to the experience, the sound design, all of that. so great. I hate Astro's design. Hate it. Why? The character, it just bothers Why? me. With you? What is wrong? I don't with I you? don't I don't like how, how round his legs are. It's off putting. It's weird. Oh I don't man. like I don't I don't like the dancing. I don't like the I don't like You don't like the dancing? I don't like Astro.
2: Why do you have to be so wow. mean all of the time? Do you, Kevin? Do you? Yeah, I love it. So cute. I wish I had a little one I dancing on my desk TV right is. now. I'd throw yeah. little hey. coins at him and he'd he probably shake it. Oh my god, my astro <laughs> is a stripper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, oh man. I mean I respect it. But I think I think Astro is fucking lovely. I give love me how second. Astro give me, give works one in sec. I want What you looking for? Some, I want to pull up some images. I want to okay. you a? like a a deep dive into Astro's visual design. I like this. Yeah. this is the deep dive content that I that I know
0: people like to tune in for. All right, Cap, there's two links there if you could bring them up, please.
1: You don't like how round he is?
0: I don't like how round he is. Do you how do you feel
1: how do you feel about Pokémon design? Cuz Pokémon design, I kind of have I have a similar critique when it comes to like starters and stuff. I don't like how round those things are. But I feel like, <laughs>
0: That's is like... so funny. <laughs> like, Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, Are you oh,
1: one like, of these people don't. that, 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 that like <laughs> push for the thin okay. Pikachu? You one of them fat chain? No, 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 no. I, no, no, I like chunky Pikachu. Yeah, you should. But like, he's good. But nowadays, if, every Pokemon just looks like they were fucking like, they were birthed out of pillows or something. Like, they're just so round and, and like <sighs> cute. And I don't know, man. I want more Charizards. I want more
0: like, even Dragonite you want, is you like. Want, you want Digimon, is what you want. You want over designed yeah. ass motherfucking. No, I'm just playing with you. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Kev, can you bring up the other picture first? What other picture? It's the only the, one I saw. The, the first. There's two links I sent. The first link. There's like no space
2: between them, so it's really hard to. Oh,
0: That's the same I picture. See. Oh, here we yeah, go. Yeah, here yeah. we
1: go.
0: Yeah. Look at his weird ass legs, man. They're finger legs. What's wrong legs? with his legs? They're finger I legs. Don't What's wrong with that? it? They so shoot lasers. Nah, man. Ra- no, I'm down with the, the lack of the feet. Thick but thighs save like, lives, Tim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, but like, so there's something about this that it's just like, I, I just I don't know, man. But I do I do like the Miles Morales 2020 the digitized, LED, uh, digitized yeah. stuff. That's, that I'm okay with. But his limbs? I just don't like his limbs. Look at his little hands.
1: He's got two little fingers. Him his, his limbs are awesome. I don't, off
0: him.
2: I don't like cute. his attitude.
0: You don't like his attitude? Yes, he does. No. He's
2: lying. Tim loves his attitude.
0: There's I no know. way. Go now. Go to the other picture. You ain't that. You cute, We gotta put bro. out like a poll. What? Or something, to see how people no, feel about I know I'm astro- wrong. Astro. I know. I, again, I know this is wrong. You impossible. ain't that just, cute.
2: Ain't. You're looking at this guy and you're saying you ain't that cute. What is wrong with you? You're the devil. I don't like him.
0: Mm-mm.
1: What about the antenna? Do you like the antenna that like pops out of I don't. I really
0: don't like the antenna.
1: Now, is are, are ah, the people shit. seeing this, Tim? I'm Kevin. Or not Tim? Uh, Kevin. The, yeah, the thing you're looking at on Twitter. Wait, what is it? Because I can't see. I, are, do you mean to be sa- showing this? Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, okay. Greg Miller tweeted out, uh, quote, I don't like how round his legs are, end quote. Is at Tim Gettys talking about Astrobot or kind of funny Kevin? Right now, the winning vote is Kevin.
2: That's yep. great. Yep. My
1: legs are where I get a lot of my strength. Now it's time to squat up. Of course, you can write in, let us know what you're playing, and we'll squad you up with the best friends. Uh, Long Schlong Silver writes in with a squad up wow. on PC and says, Hey, KFGD, I'm looking for some best friends to collaborate with Infuser. I've been obsessed with the game since it came out, and I'd love to drop some beats with the fam. People can find me on Steam via The Glizzy. <laughs> That's username The Glizzy. All caps T H E space G I L. I-Z-Z-Y. Tim, do you know what a glizzy is? Hot dog. Correct. I'm, I'm glad you know that, because, like, not, not many people, not enough people know
0: about the glizzies. I, I don't understand where it came How from, it? and I don't understand. Like, was this always a thing, or is this just now people are...
1: Oh, no, man. The, the glizzies have always been with us. I, I heard about glizzies from
0: TikTok. So did I. I'm I sure see, they existed.
1: I'm, I'm sure they were probably a Wait. part of some cultural slang somewhere, and then TikTok... Took
0: it and ran with it. How did the I long? I'm happy that hot dogs are, are like back in the world.
1: Wait, you they, I mean? are you a big hot, they hot, hot they dog, dog fan? I don't really like hot dogs. That no, much. But in terms of popularity, I feel similarly oh, about blessed. hot dogs. That you I can about talk my dog.
0: shit about Astros design, but you better get your hot dog slandered the fuck out of here,
1: okay? Oh, yeah, hot dogs suck, man. Obviously, oh what? my god! Oh my god! Hot dogs. Well, hold terrible. on, hold on.
2: Bless. Did you try the cheeseburger hot dog that I told you about? No, because it looked
1: like death. Okay. Kevin yeah, was telling was... me the other day while we were playing Fortnite He was telling me about the 7-Eleven cheeseburger hot dog Which is basically a hot dog With the meat of a cheeseburger, cheeseburger And it looked disgusting Just so you know, Tim
2: Geddes knows about it I forced I've Tim been... Geddes to be late Multiple times because I saw a 7-Eleven That I wanted to go see if they had a cheeseburger hot dog Just to
0: check if they had it And we would go to 7-Elevens all around <laughs> the city Just to to find the elusive cheeseburger hot dog Remember that time we were going to Alexis'
2: Alexis's house And I was like, hey hold up They got a hot dog
0: right here <laughs> And then we went and we I found it. They had the it. cheeseburger hot it's dog. It's so know good, It was dope. But like that, ah, I'm so angry at this whole conversation right now. Bless here, chili and cheese like, on that bad boy. It's
1: not in. Here's the thing. It's not all hot dogs that I hate. It's just like the default fucking glizzy hot dogs that I just don't. I don't fuck with. Like I can do. Um. Uh. What's the other kind of wiener called, Kevin? You would Polish, know. Like the bigger, Polish, more Polish. 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 Yeah, I can do. I can do. I can do Polish hot Rossworth? dogs. Yes, yeah, Sprouts were actually what I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Those like those I fuck with. Those are actually pretty uh, delicious. It's those just like those like those uh thin the, fucking You're gonna I like Greg the seven
2: eleven cheeseburger hot dogs. Greg dog, Miller's gonna say saying. something
1: about being from Chicago. How sure. do you
0: feel about a Portillo's hot dog? That's all I wanna know.
1: I tried Portillo's a Portillo's hot dog, I think, maybe once in my life. And I thought it was cool. I think I I, I liked it fine.
2: All right, I'll thank you very a much. hot dog is a hot dog. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's your that's standard a hot dog. Hot dog it's
1: it's even one of
2: your little baby hot dogs. It's real thin. You you put shit on it to make it better. I, right. It's like a thinner, smaller. I guess maybe. It's frank, not it's like, like hot dog, like it's dog? not the big one you're getting at 7 Eleven for well, about 50. You know, it's a
0: Vienna beef hot dog. It's one of those things. Dick Bertilla years ago had a very specific spice blend he had Vienna beef make for him that, that, mm. that he uses and has that snap of the skin. You know what I mean? Like that's what it's all about. And that taste, yeah, it snaps, I, yeah. it's not, it just, it's not it, like a it, ballpark Frank. It's not like what you're going to get if you get like the package out of the grocery store. Or the, and that, the I gas think gas that's more so what I'm referring
1: the to is like that default thing you buy at the grocery store that is thin and like okay. a light I feel brown like color exactly and put ketchup
2: what, on it that's exactly
0: what you guys are talking about
1: from portillo's it's- but
0: i just talked about how it's got a different spice oh yeah sure it's it. got yeah. a little bit of a, love a and thicker care. skin a yeah, a it's skin skin this isn't fucking michael jordan out there barbecuing on a fourth of july there's a ball for, like, like, for like, it looks it gross
2: Neshawad, it looks gross like i know the cheeseburger hot dog sure. looks gross it looks disgusting but that God, looks like diarrhea as
0: soon as
1: you get home
2: Got no 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 that well yes no it isn't it is isn't what, this is what kevin and was trying to get me the to eat chili and cheese they've got oh sauerkraut God, on here don't disgusting. do the sauerkraut you know what i mean you put the chili cheese on top of the bur- the cheeseburger oh. bite and i again i wow. know i know it looks gross i guarantee you a good fucking time you're gonna eat this and you're gonna feel better about
1: everything
2: it's like heroin in a lot of ways
1: Anyway, some hot dogs are created better than others, is I think where we're coming down coming down here. Um, anyway, you can play with Long Silver at the Glizzy on Steam on PC. <laughs> now it's time for kindofunny.com of slash you're wrong. Rewrite and listen to what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, let's
0: see here. Mm-mm-mm. Foodie and Fitzes go back to jerk off sleeves. <laughs> I love our jobs, bless. <laughs>
1: Big Bad Beluga uh, says, "Bless the bar we." Uh, Big Bad Beluga is the homie, so he's t- telling me specifically about uh, an experience we had. He says, "Bless the bar we used to go to for Killer Queen hosts COVID-compliant tournament night, tournament nights once a once a month, a small way to keep the bar alive in tough times." So there you go; you can still find ways to play Killer Queen if you want. Um, people are telling me what bratwursts are. I didn't know what bratwursts are. Yeah. And I do I do like bratwurst better than. I feel like just a bratwurst is a
2: lot closer to the cheeseburger hot dog than a hot dog.
0: I agree.
1: I mean, to be, be fair, f- the cheeseburger hot dog I'd probably have over a regular hot dog. I'm telling you, you're going to have a good time. And if I remember correctly,
2: the 7-Eleven closest to your home has the cheeseburger hot dog. If not, I can take to, s- you to a very lovely 7-Eleven in Pacifica.
1: that most certainly has it. <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go kind of steven mentions uh ca- captain alex who we were talking about in the joy con uh nintendo discussion says uh he do- he captain alex does not make the joy cons he just paints them there's no copyright infringement here he is customizing joy cons he purchases and then sells the artwork on the joy cons themselves i believe that would be them like reselling which i don't know if that
2: i mean that's can do
1: isn't can that you? the
2: same as buying a uh a- a blank canvas painting on it and then selling the canvas you know what i'm saying
1: i mean i guess man that, that
2: seems all... that seems like once you own it you can do something like you could lick it and then sell it for more money like that's not I think it probably comes
1: down to like how you like what when you make like an online store or something i'm sure there's something that nintendo's latching on to with the redistribution of their product where they're like no, you're not allowed to do this because you're basically selling custom Joy-Cons. But again, let them do it. Just let them do it. Just let them get away with it. Let them do it. it. This week's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. Tomorrow, it's me and Imran. Wednesday, Greg and Gary Witta. Thursday, Greg and Tim. And then Friday, it's Greg and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch right after this, is Karate Kid 2 in review. Hell yeah, it is,
0: dude. We're going to Japan, baby.
1: Going to Japan. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.